If I was single, this is exactly what I would do if I wanted to call in my soulmate. So you're sort of collapsing time between your present self and your future self. If the person that I theoretically want showed up and knocked on my door right now, would I even be ready for them? Be in integrity with who you are. Do it for them, but most importantly, do it for you. I'm down to work through whatever is standing in the way. I'm open to it. Like, let's fucking go. Hey, hotties. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Hi, Self. I'm your host, Sandra Possing, speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. And I'm bringing you another solo episode today, the topic of which is how to manifest your soulmate. This is a topic that I've coached many, many, many clients on over the years, especially I tend to get a lot of high achieving women. Not surprising given that uh, we're in the Bay Area here. So there's a lot of that vibe. And um, a lot of these gals have been just crushing it in their careers for many years. And in doing so, they sometimes unintentionally neglect the dating and relationship portion of their life. So it's a, it's a frequent topic. And I thought that might be a helpful one for some of you, um, your listeners. So yes, technically today's episode is for the single folks who are single, but ready to call in their person. You might be single and stoked to be single and not ready to call in your person, but this is for, yeah, the single, single folks who are ready to call in their person. However, if you, if you're currently partnered and you think that this episode is not for you, I would invite you to listen to it anyway. You probably have people in your life who this might apply to because then, um, then you can be the badass friend who passes on these tips to them. And while this episode is specifically focused on attracting your soulmate, if you, if you zoom out, like really, it's actually kind of the same process for any desire that you have. So you can totally listen to this episode and then just apply it to manifesting something else like a better job or a new house or closer friendships or more money or the body that you're looking for, whatever it is that you're um, desiring to call in. So that being said, I will be keeping this pretty laser focused on the dating and tra- attracting your person specifically topic, um, just to give you some really clear guidelines and examples in that realm. All right, let's dive in. Here's some GCI first. So I am grateful for um, I'm grateful for my soulmate, Chris. You guys basically know him intimately by now if you've listened to any previous episodes. He's been a guest twice. We did a relationship episode. We did a health episode. And, you know, I just kind of like talk about him all the time. So um, either you know him in real life or you probably feel like you do by now. And you know that he's amazing. So I'm grateful for him. We've been dating for 12 years this April. We've been married for eight this May. I am so madly in love with him. He's my best friend. He's my lover. He's my partner in life and adventure. And I just, I couldn't be more supportive or he couldn't be, I can be more grateful of how supportive he is of my business, our relationship, our family, our friends, um, and our unconventional lifestyle. So mad props, Chris. My C, I'm celebrating, um, I'm celebrating that I have expanded and am very actively expanding my capacity. And what I mean by that is like my, my ability to hold so much more, um, the humans that I'm serving, the pressure, the expectations, the tension, the projects on my plate, et cetera. A lot of it is due to, I would call it my nervous system being more regulated and having the tools in my tool belt to be actively doing more of that. I have mentors I can go to. I have communities I can lean into. And then I just, you know, been at this for a while too. So got a lot of experience under my belt and feels, feels great. Feels cool to be able to handle a lot. My intention right now is uh, focus big time. It is January 18th, 2024, as I record this and I'm looking at my big ass whiteboard I have on my wall and I'm like, oh boy. Okay. So 
the last two weeks of this month are going to be a little bit intense. I somehow sort of didn't realize what I was doing. And I managed to stack like a bunch of different, all very demanding projects onto my plate pretty much all at the same time. So brought it on myself. So I can't complain. Um, they're all luckily things that I'm stoked about and excited about. And they're all kind of like front loaded. So it's a lot of work now in the next couple of weeks, but then things will be mostly set up and systematized and um, kind of like setting me up for success and cruising later. But right now I just got to like dig in. So my intention is calm, focus, remembering to breathe and just like chip away every day, one task at a time. I'm putting things in my calendar. I'm putting things in things. Um, things is my to do software, things 3.0, I think, um, which I love. It's so great. And just like executing methodically, getting out of my own way, that kind of thing. All right. So on to the episode. When it comes to manifesting your soulmate, a couple of things. So I want to chat a little bit about how I think about soulmates, because it's kind of a loaded word. And then also how I think about our exes and then go through what I would call like my process on how to call in your soulmate and then just a few other notes along the way. So in terms of soulmates, like people use that word, I think in different ways. Um, I don't personally believe that there is like just one perfect soulmate for you in this lifetime and you better hope you find them or you're fucked and out of luck. Like that's just, I I don't subscribe to that. Um, I do believe that there are a lot of potential great matches out there for all of us. And I do believe very strongly that the more authentic we are and the more aligned we are with who we are and living our life that way, the more likely we are to find someone who's a match to that. So when it comes to soulmates, like I use that word kind of lightly, kind of playfully. I don't mean it to mean like this huge destined person that you have to find. I think of it more as someone who's a really great match and there could be multiple of them. But the goal is for you to find somebody who feels like a soulmate, who feels like a match on so many different levels where you're like, oh, this isn't just a person I'm with. This isn't just a partner. This isn't just a spouse. It is like, it is someone who is a mate for you at the soul level. That's how I think about that. And how I think about exes, like I think there's such a tendency in our culture to hate on our exes, to talk shit about them, to look back and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? Or like that person is this and, you know, like stalk them on social media and be like, I can't, you know, and just so much kind of negativity and and judging. And I just find that to be very unhelpful. Um, I think telling a great funny story about a past ex can be like helpful and kind of uh, just amusing. But in general, I tend to much prefer to look at each relationship that any of us have in our lifetime as an important stepping stone. Like if we think about, I mean, all relationships have so many amazing gifts for us, but if we think about one's dating trajectory specifically, you know, whether you've dated a hundred people or only one person, it's like every single relationship, whether it's a one night stand or a five-year relationship, like each relationship is, it has huge growth and potential lessons. And it's actually just kind of a missed opportunity if we're not learning from them. So if you break up with someone and then all you do is talk shit about them, you're likely not gleaning what could be so many amazing insights about what you want and what you don't want in a relationship and who you are and how you're growing and what works for you and what doesn't, right? So it's like, I think of each one as just this rich learning opportunity. And let's say something, let's say a relationship ended on not so great terms, instead of seeing that as a failure, or instead of seeing it as an opportunity to throw them under the bus and talk shit about them, it's like, what if we instead 
look at it and we, any grudges that we're holding or any resentment or any pain or any of, um, yeah, just the pain or anger or sadness or whatever it is from a breakup, instead of looking at that and, and holding on to it, it becomes like this energetic cord that is keeping you tethered to something in the past. And instead, I find if we can forgive, either forgive, forgive them for hurting you or you forgive yourself for whatever your part in it was. Forgiveness to me is just, it's all about setting ourselves free. It doesn't matter what the other person did and whether or not you condone it or, or, or agree with it or any of that. It's just like, forgiveness is about setting ourselves free. So forgiving them or yourself or anyone else that was involved so that you can move on and kind of recognizing that both of us or whoever of us were just doing the best we could with what we had in that moment and that's okay. And then you learn as much as you possibly can from it. Like when I look back at my exes um, and I was in a, that was in a lot of, really, I wouldn't call myself like a serial monogamist, but I ended up in a lot of relationships over the years, about five of them from, I would say from late high school until my thirties, about five of them, I would call long-term, um, long-term being all of them were like between one and four years. So a pretty decent amount of time to really be with someone. Some of them I lived with, some of them I didn't. And I could look back at all of those five plus any others that I had shorter flings with or just dated or whatever the status was on those. And all I feel is like the deepest, deepest gratitude to each and every single one, which is very intentional. Some of them, I hurt them. Some of them, they hurt me. Some of them, it was just kind of meh, didn't work out, whatever. But I, I very much choose, I intentionally choose to and have trained myself to feel so much gratitude for each one, specifically because like, because of what they taught me. And then also I love, I love looking at everything in our lives is chapters. And I think of each person I dated as a, a chapter, you know, and it was like, I can look at that chapter and get really curious and think about what was that chapter about? What did I have to learn or what did they, what was, what did I, they have to teach me? What did I have to teach them? What did we learn together about ourselves? And man, I mean, I look at each one and I, if I kind of plot them out, like on a piece of paper, it ends up, it's really interesting. And I, I bet this is true for a lot of us. It ends up being this interesting zigzag. Like, I don't know about you, but when I dated one person and then it, it would like clearly didn't work out for a specific reason, I often went completely in the opposite direction. So one example for, um, if I'm thinking here, so one example was that was so amazing in so many ways, but our relationship didn't have a lot of like play or lightness or humor in it. Um, with this person, I ended up just feeling kind of like they had, they tended to have like kind of a condescending tone and were like a their vibe, at least my interpretation of it was a little bit like too cool for you. And I just ended up feeling like I couldn't relax and be silly. And I didn't laugh that much, but I just like really looked up to this person because I thought they were super smart and stuff. So after that, I was like very much craving just humor and lightness. And I had realized like, I actually, I really, it's important to me to be with somebody who can make me laugh. And it's important to me to also feel funny around them. So then interestingly, the next serious relationship I got into was with someone who's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Like for two years we dated, I probably laughed a lot out loud every single day for two years. And it's one of the things I cherished about that. And I really learned a lot about how incredibly important humor is to me as a value, both in another person and in my life in general. And they made me feel funny too, which was great. However, there were some other areas that were severely lacking in that relationship. And then, of course, and one of them was kind of the, the intimate, the physical connection just was like, we're, it was like just two people like butting heads. It just didn't work. And then so, it, so, that, and so then you chart it out and it's like, wow, the one person made me realize this. So then I went really far in the other direction, but then I realized this thing was missing. So then I went seeking that thing. 
And it is like this interesting zigzag where you can think of it as a pendulum swinging back and forth in these like extremes sometimes. But each one, each swing or each zig or zag helped me get closer and closer to, well, what do I actually want? And what do I value? And how do I want to feel when I'm in relationship with another person? So that's one of my first, I would say, main invitations when we're dating is thinking about like, thinking about all of our past experiences just with gratitude and with curiosity so we can glean as much insight about ourselves and about our own desires and what's important to us in in relationships. So I doubt any of my exes are listening to this, but in case any of you are, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you're doing so well. And for anybody who knows any of my exes, if you see them, tell them I said hi. Um, Nothing but love. Okay, so how to call in your soulmate. As you know, I am currently married and plan to stay that way for the rest of eternity. But if I was single, this is exactly what I would do if I wanted to call in my soulmate. So this is like very much a hypothetical. This is very much coming from the perspective of someone who has a soulmate and feels how deeply amazing that is. And I want it for everyone. And it's just the like, what would I would do? What would I do if I was single? So just, you know, take it for that perspective and, and see it as that. So one of the first things I would do is to get really, really curious and honest about, so let's say, um, so I've worked with a lot of gals, like I was saying, who are crushing in the careers and like maybe some other things, but then they're like, ah, oh, shit, I kind of forgot to date for the last 10 years. Like I've had a few things here and there, nothing serious. I'm really ready for my person. I'm ready. I just, you know, I want to, I want to find my person. I want to settle down. I want to maybe have kids. And they're kind of like, they don't know where to start because they've been out of the game for so long. And then they also have a lot of their own internal hangups about it. And so then they just, you know, kind of like rush in, they just get on the apps and they're like, the apps are stupid. And I don't want to just, you know, I'm 39. I don't want to go just hang out at bars with my friends all the time. Plus all my friends are not single anymore and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, there's a lot of just tension and internal confusion and, and resistance that can be there. So I, one of the first things I would do is just pause, zoom out and just be so curious and look at yourself almost like, like a researcher or a scientist and be like, what has been, if this is something that I supposedly have wanted for a while, what has been holding me back? And then maybe we can look a, a little bit closer and be like, you know, it, have I been avoiding it for some reason? Have I been avoiding putting myself out there because I'm afraid of the feeling of rejection or do I have some worthiness issues down there? Or am I making up some stories about how, like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the story from many different female clients of like, it's too late. All the good men are taken. It, mostly those, <laughs> that it's too late for them and that all the good ones are taken or that the apps are terrible are, are a lot of those. So it's like, what are the stories that might be coming up that you've thought so many times that just now feel like the truth? And then when you really believe a story like that, like, why would you even bother? If you genuinely believe that it's too old, that you're too old, it's too late for you, all the apps are terrible and all the good ones are taken, like, why would you even try, right? So those stories can be huge, huge blockers. Or maybe if we look a little closer and we're really honest with ourselves, we can discover like, oh shit, I've got some, uh, I've got some unprocessed, unresolved trauma that is getting in my way. And it's getting in my way, maybe in, in every area, or maybe it's specifically around dating because I've got some stuff about just, relationships with men or whatever it might be. Or maybe it's simply just uh, like a, a logistical thing, a circumstantial thing. Like, and this is the case for a lot of my clients where they, they've just literally been too busy with their careers for the past 5, 10, 15, sometimes 20 years. 
they were prioritizing climbing the ladder or doing whatever they're doing. And then they were just like, ah, oh, shit, I just forgot. I just didn't get around to it. So a starting point, like journal on it, talk it over with a friend, or just get really introspective with yourself and be super, super honest. Like what has been holding me back? What, what is, what kind of resistance have I maybe been allowing to block me from doing anything about this area? And then I would start to get really, really honest about like, do I actually want a relationship right now? Do I really want a relationship right now? Or do I just feel like I should have one, right? We have so much cultural conditioning and societal expectations and pressure that we're supposed to be partnered. And if we're not, something's wrong with us, et cetera, which you might very genuinely want a person and not have one. Or maybe you're perfectly happy being single and you just feel like you should because everyone else tells you that. So I would say it's just an opportunity. And I'd say there's definitely no right or wrong answer here. Only you can answer that question. And so let's just get really honest with ourselves. Like, do I actually really want a relationship right now? Or is it just external pressure and expectations? And then if you're like, okay, yes, I do want a relationship. Then you can ask yourself, do I really want to find my person person? Like, do I want to find my long-term partner, a person I might marry or settle down with or have kids with or have her babies with or have a garden with or whatever it may be? Or is this chapter in my life actually just about dating and having fun? I think sometimes those two get collapsed and confused and you know, someone might like try really hard to go find their person when actually they just want to date and learn more about themselves and just relax and have some fun. So being honest about that. And then also being honest about like, because it's really easy to kind of like talk a big game and say you want a thing because it sounds good and, and you want people to think that you want the thing, but then ultimately you're like not actually open to it. You know, it's like maybe you sit around with a bunch of girlfriends and everyone's talking about dating and you're like, yeah, totally, I'm ready to find my person, da, da, da. But then when it comes to doing anything about it, you're like, for maybe some of the aforementioned reasons or there's something in your way or worthiness or we're actually just too busy, whatever it is. So, so asking yourself, like, how open am I really right now? If the person that I theoretically want showed up and knocked on my door right now, would I even be ready for them? Like, am I open to being surprised and delighted by the universe? Or am I very attached to whatever it may be? Am I attached to my story about being sad and lonely? I find that when it comes to attracting your desires, attachment, like that attached kind of clingy energy tends to be no bueno. So those are just some initial inquiries that I think we can sit with and as a chance just to be really fucking curious and honest with ourselves. Uh, like, what is my starting point? Because it's if you're trying to go from A to B, you're trying to move towards what you want, it's really helpful to know what your starting point is. Like, what is A? Otherwise, you're just trying to move your way towards B from like, who knows, like floating around in space. So knowing where you're starting. And then you're like, okay, so I am clear. I do want a relationship. I'm down to work through whatever is standing in the way. I'm open to it. Like, let's fucking go. And let's say you're like, I, you know, maybe, maybe it's not that I just want to date and have fun. Maybe I like, I really do want to find my soulmate. So if we assume that's the situation, here's what I would do. Here's kind of the process. So I would start with kind of with, like with everything I teach, I would start with identity. I would start with authenticity. Like be true to who you are, please, 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 please. As with everything, but when it comes to dating and especially when it comes to calling in someone that you want to be your person, start with being true to who you are rather than being who you think you need to be to call in the kind of person that you want. Because otherwise you're like, you'd be manifesting people who are a match to something that you're not. 
which, you know, it's, we're all like, it works in progress and it probably will happen to some degree. And then that just becomes learning. But we may as well, if we're doing this whole process very intentionally, we may as well be in integrity with who you are. Like, let's not waste time calling in soulmates that are a match to something that we're just pretending to be or something that's not at all who we want to be, right? So be the most, like do the work on a regular basis to be the most happy, authentic, healthy, grounded, empowered version of you possible. That's just the starting point. And I would say also it's the best gift that you can give your future person is your best self. You know, work on that now, do it for them, but most importantly, do it for you. So starting point, identity, authenticity, who you really are. If you start to strip away all the conditioning and stuff, which obviously is a work in progress, we always are, but as, as authentic of a version of yourself as possible, that's a starting point. And then also, you guys know, I love all the future self stuff. So you are who you are, you're honoring who you are now. And you're also keeping in mind who you want to become your future self. Embody that, be the version of you that you dream of being, at least internally, energetically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, while your external reality is catching up. And also imagine like, who would you want to be as the most epic partner to the person that you're calling in and start becoming that now. So it's kind of like this both and you're being the most authentic version of your present self and you're combining that with the version of you that you are wanting to step into that you're actively working on becoming and embodying until you become them. So you're sort of collapsing time between your present self and your future self all at once. So that's the starting point is knowing who you are and manifesting from that place. And then the next step, I would get really clear on like, well, what the fuck do you actually want in a relationship? So you're calling in your soulmate. What does that look like? I think a lot of us just sort of like, you know, walk around hoping for the best. And you're just like, I just hope somebody likes me. But if you're going to be doing this whole process very intentionally, you may as well get really clear on what you desire. I love, there's so many great manifestation metaphors, but one of my favorite ones is a restaurant. So let's say you walk into a restaurant and you sit down at a table and the server comes up to you and is like, hello, what can I get you? And you're like, food. And they're like, cool. Do you, uh, do you want to be a little more specific or should I just like bring you whatever random thing I see? <laughs> you know, and you're like, I don't know, healthy food. And they're like, okay, that's all you're giving me. All right. So then they go back to the kitchen. They're like, well, they come back with like a sprig of parsley and they're like, this is healthy. And you're like, no, I'm really hungry. I want something that's more than parsley. And they're like, well, you got to be a little more specific than that. Right. So same kind of deal when we walk into the restaurant and the server comes up, the server being the universe or whatever you believe in, it's really helpful if you order what you actually want. And it's okay if you don't know exactly what you want, but just get as close as you can based on what you know. You know, you can walk in and be like, well, based on the menu here, I would like to order this chicken salad. looks amazing. And would it be possible to put the dressing on the side? Because uh, I don't know, I'm allergic to dairy. And then can you also add this ingredient? Like we're so allowed to ask for what we want. And a lot of us just settle for whatever just happens to show up. And a lot of that has to do with worthiness. But if we're playing the game of like, I can have whatever I want, or I can get really damn close to it. If I can just, just take the time to get clear on it. We may as well, right? So when it comes to calling in your soulmate, I would say a great place to start is just writing a simple list. You can journal it out. You can talk about it with your friends. But again, just start writing some lists and know that you can change your mind about anything or anyone at any time. And you can update your lists as you go. So you may as well just be as honest about what you think you want right now. And then you can, of course, correct 
and you can update as you learn things, as you date people and you get really clear, like, oh, I thought I wanted that, but it's actually this other quality that is more important to me. If you know that you want to find your person, but you don't know what you want in like, I don't know what kind of person or I don't know what kind of relationship, a great place to start is what do you not want? I love like not want lists when it comes to clarifying our desires. I think that works in every category, but it's kind of fun when it comes to dating and calling in a person. Like some examples, maybe what you do not want is somebody who's a total homebody and just wants to chill and watch Netflix every night when you're a huge extrovert and you want to be out six out of seven nights a week. You know, maybe that wouldn't be a match unless that's part of the, the deal is you're doing separate stuff. Maybe dating someone who travels a ton for work when you'd really like a partner who's around more to help parent your future kids, not a great match. Right? Or maybe someone who doesn't value health and wellness at all when those are like completely non-negotiable for you. So start with what you don't want if you don't know what you do want and let that help you figure out what you do want. Some places to look, and I think this can be, can be such a fun exercise. It's also a great way to get to know ourselves a little bit better too. But look at things like, so some places to look, your values. I love looking at core values, not just for ourselves and getting to know ourselves, but it's such a great way to help just make decisions about your life in general. But especially when you're talking about a person that you're not just going on a few dates with and hooking up with, but a person that you maybe want to make a life with in some shape or form, long-term, pretty, pretty helpful if you share some values. You don't have to be perfectly aligned on every single one, but if some of the biggest ones either are complementary or the same, or they work well together, that would be really helpful. For Chris and I, freedom and play and authenticity and community, I would say are some of our shared top core values. And like for me, freedom is like one of my number one values. It's also attached to my purpose. But I would not do well being partnered with somebody who didn't also need and want and prioritize and value freedom the way that I do. Also play, like I mentioned with the person I was dating who I just like didn't laugh enough with, with with my relationship with Chris, it's like so much of it is just like play. Like I feel like we're two toddlers just like romping around, just being dumb and silly together. He makes me laugh so much on a regular basis, but we also do so many adventurous things and we find ways to play in our daily life. And then authenticity, obviously, you know me, is such a non-negotiable, but also community for, for both of us, I would say recently, community both online and offline has become more and more important. And it's so nice to have that as a shared value so we can work on it together. So values is a great place to look. Shared interests, this seems obvious, but you know, if you, if you have things in common that you like to do, it's pretty helpful if you're going to spend a lot of time with somebody. And it's also nice to have interests that are different. Like Chris and I love, we're both such gym bros. We love fitness so much. And I love that we can go do that together every single day or go each in our own direction, and, but we both honor it every day. And then for example, he loves golf. I could not care less about golf. And I love that for him because it's a huge source of joy, but I feel zero pressure to also love golf. I'm like, there's just other things I would rather spend five hours doing at one time. And so it's so nice. We, I don't know, I think we have what is what feels like the perfect balance for us of shared interests and then also separate interests. And that's a question that you can only answer for yourself too, is like, do you want to be with somebody who you are mostly doing everything together? Or do you want to be with somebody who you share your home base, but then you have very separate interests? Or maybe it's just a lovely mix of the two. Another place to look is shared goals and lifestyle preferences, you know, and, and it can be, there's a lot of merit to opposites attract and like having somebody who balances out your qualities and where you have these, you know, different, you both add different things to the relationship. And when it comes to certain things, like let's say um, just lifestyle, right? Like let's say one person 
the life they want is like bougie, big city, luxury, nice dinners, like five star everything. And the other person really just wants like a minimalist log cabin, like rustic, you know, introverted time in the forest. Like maybe not going to be a great mix. So looking for those shared goals and lifestyle preferences, another place to look and things to put on your desires list. I I was almost hesitant to say looks like physical appearance, but it's definitely a thing, you know, like we we can't ignore our biology. We're attracted to humans for so many different reasons. And physical appearance is definitely one of them. It's not everything, but it's definitely a thing. And I think we, it's, we'd be silly. We'd be lying if we didn't acknowledge it. So like, I think when it comes to manifesting a a person and a soulmate and somebody who you're going to connect with on so many levels, I would say looking at the physical is a, is, is a great thing to look at in addition to all the other things. And like, I'm big on physical appearance. I think attraction is amazing. And I want to, you know, it's like being so attracted to your person is very nice. So I would say like, if you're writing a desires list, it's fun to capture the things on your list that you, that you know that you've up until now been attracted to. And I would say also be open to the fact that you might be attracted to something that you never have been yet. And keep in mind that a lot of us, you know, we might not be that attracted to a person physically at first. And then once we get to know them, suddenly they're 10 times hotter. Right? So it's like taking it all with like holding it lightly and yet acknowledging that absolutely we are attracted to people physically. And that is a beautiful part of it. When we're writing desires lists, I'd say one little um, helpful tip though is to not get too attached to specifics. You know, if you are writing a list and you're like, this dude has to be 6'3 or taller, he has to have brown eyes and he, you know, has to have this kind of body type, like you might find that and, or you might walk some by, right by somebody else or like be, you know, have a friend of a friend who fits everything else that you're looking for, but doesn't fit those specific physical characteristics. And then you might miss out on an opportunity of somebody who could be such an amazing match just because you were too narrow. So I would say like, hold the specifics lightly, but use them like with anything else in manifestation, the specifics, the details can be helpful in that they help us like feel into the emotion and the excitement of the thing that we're drawn to. But ultimately it's less about the detail and it's more about the essence or the energy below it. Another place to look is career, which is like, so not, so not everything, but it's a thing, right? Like I've definitely had clients who are very clear that it's very important to them that their partner makes more money than them. And I'm like, if, if that feels important to you, like honor it, or at least, you know, be open to that being a main thing and maybe be open to it, like not being a thing. But write it on the list if that feels important. I personally live in a world of like badass female entrepreneurs who most of us want to retire our partners. And like, personally, I love being the breadwinner, but you do you. So just notice what you actually desire when it comes to that. And when it comes to career, you know, it's like so so many people can make so many things work. And it could be helpful to look for alignment or like complementary things, right? Like if you're partnering with somebody who's a lawyer or a doctor or a management consultant or something, they will likely work very long and sometimes weird hours. Can you hang with that? You know, if you're partnering with somebody who is in real estate or is a wedding planner, they will likely, depending on where they are in their career, they will likely be giving up a lot of their weekends because that's when they get their biggest gigs. Are you willing to give up weekends? You know, so just keeping those things in mind can be really helpful. And as you're writing your list, you're just writing kind of like an ideal partner list, knowing that you might not need to get every single thing on there, but finding those things and seeing how you feel about them and just using them as like as a guideline. I would say one of the most important things to look for is how they make you feel. Like how do you want to feel when you're in a partnership with somebody? 
which could be so completely different for each of us. Some words that would come to mind that I think a lot of us would want is to feel safe, to feel loved. A lot of women I know especially might want to feel cherished, feel worshipped, feel respected. I think a lot of men want to feel respected, want to feel joyful, want to be with somebody who makes you laugh or makes you feel funny, somebody who makes you feel confident or pretty or badass, validated or whatever it may be. Brings out your adventurous side. If I had to choose only one thing, I would say skip everything else and focus on that one. How do they make you feel? Oftentimes, I think we can find the match for that in a package that is maybe a little unexpected. So I'd say make a list, update it as often as you want to. And if you want to take it even a level deeper, go back through the desires list and then be really honest about why you want those things. Because there's so many things that we just, it comes out of our conditioning, our programming in a way that and we're, we are really convinced that we want this thing. But if we stop and pause and think about it, we're like, actually, the reason I'm looking for this in a partner is just because I want my parents to approve or I just, I, I want my friends to be impressed that I'm, you know, dating somebody with a prestigious job when ultimately like, you don't give a shit. <laughs> you just want to be with somebody who makes you laugh and makes you feel pretty or whatever it is, right? So it's like, write the list, go back through it and then add a little line about why you want each of these things just to make sure that it's a genuine desire and not just coming from conditioning. So you've looked at identity, working on being as authentic as possible in this process. You're getting clear on what it is that you want, both about the person and about the the relationship. So, oh, actually, I forgot to add that. So as you're looking for what you want in a relationship, you could be adding things like, what do you want your communication to be like? You guys know I'm so big on communication. That's one of the, the top priorities in my relationship with Chris. All the time, we're constantly talking about our communication. We're communicating about our communication and, and tweaking it and improving it and seeing how we can communicate more clearly, more compassionately help each other feel more and more validated and seen and heard. Maybe you are craving a partnership with somebody with very traditional gender roles or very non-traditional gender roles. Or maybe you're craving a relationship that is you know, full of, I don't know, so much adventure or whatever it is, right? So you're looking both for clarity on the desires about the person itself, the person themselves, and also the relationship itself. And then as with most things when we're trying to manifest something into our lives, then we take action. And when it comes to dating, this is the part that makes me laugh because I've watched so many of my clients just struggle through it. And I totally acknowledge that like, it's, it's, we live in a different time and especially post COVID, like there's just weird things to navigate. So I really want to acknowledge that. And I want to acknowledge how uncomfortable and hard and frustrating it can be. And I don't want to belittle that at all. So just know that, hell yeah, it's it's hard out there for them. And if we want to make things happen, it can be really helpful to take action anyway. So some different examples of ways that you could take action. And as, as with most things in manifestation, one of the things I love about this process is you don't have to... like In manifestation circles, we talk about know, know what you want and know why you want it and release the how and release the when. So that's like the universe's job is to figure out how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen. That doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing. You still take action, but you take action with like detachment. So you're not taking... So like, for example, one of the one of the items on the action possibility list is getting onto the apps, right? Instead of getting onto the app and being like, well, I hope I find my person on Tinder or like I better find my person on Hinge or Bumble. And then you look on there and you're like, oh my God, this is awful. 
I see, I see nothing. And then you lose all hope and whatever. So it's like, it's not about having the perfect plan or the perfect strategy. It's just doing something, anything in the general direction of your dreams and trusting that something is going to work out and you take action in whatever way you can think of, but also trust that it may show up in an entirely different way. And that's part of the magic. I would say most of the things that I've manifested or things that have, have actually come into my reality that I wanted, most of them came in a way that was not the way I thought they would. And that's part of the joy of it. That's part of the fun. It's one of my favorite parts about it, actually. So, okay, so different types of action you could take if you're dating and you're trying to call on your person. You can get on the apps. You can have conversations on the apps. You can also get on social media. That is like, I mean, how cool is it that we live in this modern world where you don't have to only, you know, try to date somebody who lives in your small town? Like you could literally, you, the entire world is available to you through the internet. And social media, as much as I know, many of us have like a very love-hate relationship with social media. I think we have to admit that it is definitely one portal or one possible pathway to meeting somebody who could be a match for you. And that can show up in so many day, so many different ways. You know, you can get on one app, maybe you hate it, maybe you try another app. The apps I can think of, I'm so not an expert because I haven't really kept up on the apps, but the ones that I know of, Tinder and its, uh, its boyfriend app, Grindr. And then we've got Hinge and then we've got Bumble. And then what's it like bagel meets girl meets bagel or whatever it is. So there's the entire, I would say with apps, the more that we can go into it with just such an open mind and see it as a game, see it as playful and see the conversations. And I know there's ghosting and I know there's all sorts of weird shenanigans on there, but instead of taking it personally, if you, if you can zoom out and see it as just like this interesting, fun game and to like hold it with lightness, that can be such a potentially fruitful. I know plenty of people who have met on one of those apps and are very happy, happily together. So there is hope there. Social media, not that you're like, you know, scoring through, I don't know, LinkedIn, trying to find your mate or something, but whatever platforms you use, I kind of don't love LinkedIn or Facebook anymore. I just love Instagram. And the way I mostly interact with people on Instagram is I just comment on their stories. Like that is such a fun way for me to be connecting with humans. That's how my whole courtship with the girl I've been dating even started. Yes, we saw each other at the gym in person, but our communication was all completely over Instagram story, like emojis <laughs> in the beginning, which then led to DMs and then led to texting and then led to hanging out, et cetera. So, and I wasn't even looking for something. It just happened. So apps, social media, this whole world. So it's like when, when people come to me and they're just like, there's nothing out there. There's no hope. There's no way to, you know, there's COVID, blah, blah, blah. The apps are terrible. I would just say it's really easy to make a lot of excuses and you can make excuses or you can actually get somewhere. So let's, if we want to actually get somewhere, let's just be open to the different possibilities. Another massive possibility is your network, family, friends, neighbors, colleagues. Like if people know that you're looking, they're much more likely to help you, you know, go out with your friends, meet their friends, ask for introductions. So much, so much magic happens through our networks. We have a couple of group chats with our local community here. And it's amazing that just random shit, right? People be like, Oh, I have this wine rack. Does anybody want it? And our other friend was like, Oh my God, I, I need, I have shoes. I want to use that as a shoe rack. Or somebody's like, you know, does anybody have a recommendation for a chiropractor? And like so many things happen just by tapping into our network, but we can't help each other if we don't know what people are looking for. We had a kind of a cool one. Um, this is happening in real time right now. Speaking of manifesting things, a friend in one of our chats had heard that Chris and I are looking for our next house and heard that we're trying to move closer to town. And she texted me randomly out of the blue and was like, hey, we're actually moving out of our place to a different place. Are you interested? And we looked at it and it's like exactly what we're looking for. So we'll see where that goes. But I wouldn't have known about it 
had she not texted me and she wouldn't have texted me had she not known that we're looking because we are talking about it pretty consistently with our friends. So talking about it, letting people know, letting people know what you're looking for also. So they're not just, you know, introducing you to their like creepy cousin, but they're introducing you to someone based on what they know that you're actually looking for. I'd say other kinds of action we can take is just to be out in the world. Like, yes, there's so much that can happen virtually with the apps and social media, but also so much can happen just by being out and about. Like maybe not just like randomly wandering the streets and and tapping people on the shoulder and asking them to date you. Although if that's your thing, go for it. But like just leaving the house and remembering to go do stuff. In our world, a lot of that means going to the gym. Like we've met so many of our closest friends through different gyms that we belong to. But whatever your thing is, different clubs, like whatever your sport or your hobby is or social clubs or co-working spots or coffee shops, hobbies, music, anything, you know, like, and, and when we're out and about in the world, actually daring to connect, like I've heard so many stories of people meeting the most random situations, but that's not going to happen if we're just out in the world, like staring at our phones, like be the exception to the zombie world out there, dare to make eye contact with people, dare to chat with a person next to you, you know? And if you're like, well, I would love to, but like, what do I say to a stranger? I don't want to be creepy. There's so many easy little ins. You know, you can comment on someone's, depending on the person and the vibe and the context, but like comment on someone's clothes or their shoes or their bags, like do it in a neutral and non-threatening way, (laughs) but give a compliment, be genuine, be playful, smile, be curious, ask questions. Trying to think of an example, just a couple of months ago, I was in Whole Foods shopping and this random dude came up to me and was like, you look fit. Where do you work out? You know, totally neutral, totally non-threatening. And so we just chatted. And then three minutes later, we like connected on Instagram. Like, was he interested? Maybe, maybe not doesn't really matter because he was respectful and I appreciated the connection and it was a fun chat. And I just appreciated that like most people are walking around looking down, staring at their phones and not talking to each other. And there's so many opportunities to engage with people. Like every person you encounter in your whole day is an opportunity. You know, and you think about tapping into not just your network, like your network, every single person that you know or are connected to in some way right now, that is a poss- that, that ha- has probably some possible people you could date in it. But then every single new person you meet opens a gateway to that person's network. Like we are, we are connected to so many humans with like multiple degrees of separation. And so why not tap into those two if we're actively looking? Then there's always possibility of a matchmaker. I've had several clients who were uh, actively working with a professional matchmaker, certainly an option. Um, there's things like speed dating or singles nights, you know, and some of those may be a little cringe and some of those you're like, ugh, like I don't want to do that. But also like what, what might happen if you decided to have an open mind and just go for it? If nothing else, you might go and come back with some hilarious stories, or you might go and come back having met, you know, just a cool new friend instead. But more than anything, I would say if we're going out in the world and doing stuff, like go to the places where the people are who are doing the kinds of things that you're into or what your ideal person would be up to. You know, if you're into hiking, go hiking. If you're into surfing, go surfing, volunteering, BDSM clubs, comedy nights, open mic, trivia, wine tasting, golfing. Like the list is literally endless. There really is no excuse to just sit at home complain about being single and then not doing anything about it. If what you genuinely want is to call in your soulmate. Okay. So we've got the assessment phase, just getting really honest about where you're at. And then we've got the identity phase. We've got the desires list. And then we've got getting into action. And again, this is like taking action, not being attached to any one specific action being the thing that gets you there. Just taking action in general. It's like you're, you're declaring to yourself and to the universe by way of the action that you're taking, that you're doing your part. And then you're kind of like trusting and allowing the universe to do its part. And then comes what I would say is probably the hardest piece of the formula. (laughs) 
in my experience, both for myself and with people that I work with and what I see around me. And that is the surrender part, right? When it's like, when we really, really want something and we don't have it yet, it's, I would say the default for a lot of us is to, we worry about it or we wonder about it. We fret, we judge, we complain, we whine about it. We get attached, we're anxious. Like, what if I never meet someone and this, and then I'm too old. And what if we do so many, what ifs that are the like doomsday scenarios? I really believe that the key is to like, let it go and chill and trust, which I know is so hard. One way to do that is to imagine like, how would you feel if you were 100% certain that your person was going to show up next month? And when they show up, you're going to hit it off. And that's going to be the start of the most epic love story. Like imagine that for a second and actually feel in your body what would happen if that was true. And it, you know, I know that can require a little bit of make-believe if you haven't felt something similar before. That's where your imagination, your creativity come into play. But if you can tap into that, then you anchor it into your body. And then you want to cause that feeling in your body as often as possible. So it's make-believe, it's creativity, it's trust, and it's surrender. The more we do that, the faster it comes. The more we worry and attach and stress about it, the more we push it away. I really believe that. So surrendering. And then get busy, like living your best life. It's like we're doing all this inner work. And then I really believe that we create our realities on the inside first. And then it just, there's like a time delay. So there's a a time delay between when we've created it internally before the external reality catches up to it. So during that time delay, instead of sitting around and waiting and like wondering why it's not here yet, which is just going to push it away. Instead, that's when you want to chill and surrender and instead go get busy living your best possible life. Like have so much fun with other people while you wait to meet your person. You know, when you're when you think when you think about your hypothetical future person, would they want you sitting at home feeling sad that they're not there yet or would they want you out living your life and having so much fun with other people? And the other piece of that I would say is to fall as madly in love with yourself as you want to eventually fall in love with the other person in the meantime, the more, and I mean this not in a, not in like a, an arrogant way, just deep, deep self-love and acceptance, which is such a gift to this future person and also such a gift to yourself. And then as we're, as we're sitting around waiting and living our best lives, things will come up, right? So you're like, I've done the work. I've gone through the process. I keep going through it. I'm doing all this stuff. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, shit, I'm worrying again or shit. Like I'm freaking out or I'm panicking. And that honestly is like, that's, that's the work. We can like step, go through the formula once or twice, but that's not when the work ends. That's actually kind of like when the work starts, that just kicks off the process. And then the day-to-day work is working through the resistance as it comes up. You know, maybe you work, wake up in the morning, you're inspired, you listen to a podcast maybe listen to this one. And you're like, yes, I believe it. I believe that my person is coming. I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible for me. I believe it's worthy. I know what I want. And then something happens at work that triggers you. And then your, your mindset and your confidence just tanks and you're feeling shitty. And then that sparks like a spiral. And then suddenly you're like, oh my God, and I'm never going to find someone and I'm going to be alone forever. Right. It's so easy. That happens all the time. So that's where the work, that's where the real work starts is like working through the resistance as it comes up. And I tend to think of that work as, as two parallel pieces of work. There's the mindset work and there's the embody, uh, embodiment work. There's working through our thoughts, our beliefs, our limiting beliefs, our fears. And then there's 
regulating our nervous system and feeling our feelings and training our body to feel safe as we're going through this stuff. And then it's rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. One of the best metaphors, speaking of metaphors, that helps with the, the waiting process. So during the time delay is the idea, and I think I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, I think it's a pretty common one in the manifestation world, which is like you order a pizza and then you just wait and it comes up. But while you are waiting for the 20 minutes that the pizza is going to, you know, that it's going to take for the pizza to arrive, you're not like staring out the window. You're not calling the pizza place. You're not like freaking out and calling all your friends. You're not convincing yourself that you're never going to get a pizza. You're just, you order it and then you trust that it's coming. And then you go like clean the kitchen, fold your laundry, do some work, watch TV. That's the, that's the vibe that we're going for. So do all the work, put it out there, be taking the action and then just chill the fuck out. Trust that it's coming. And then that is exactly what is going to help it come faster. Okay. So recap. In this episode, we talked about how to manifest your soulmate. I shared my GCI. I shared my thoughts on soulmates and exes. And then I laid out exactly what I would do if I was single and calling in my person. A couple of announcements. Dream Life Academy is opening up again at the end of January. I'm very excited and would love it if you would like to join us in there. We also have a brand new course called Manifest That Shit, which is coming sometime in February. There will be an information page coming soon. So stay tuned for that. I literally love manifestation and all the witchy shit so much. And it's like literally what I study and practice on my own every day. So it's, it has become clear to me that it's time to share more of it with those of you who want to learn. So there's a lot of manifestation teachers out there. I listen to many of them and love them. And each one has their own unique flavor. For those of you who like my vibe, I think that you will dig this course. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching or mentorship, I do that as well. You can email me at hello at ohiself.com or DM me on Instagram anytime and ask questions that you may have. Screenshot the episode and tag me. I would also love it if you could rate and review the show. If you haven't, it makes such a huge difference. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I love you. And I'll see you in the next episode.